Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to another exciting adventure, or as we like to call it, the pod of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Drew, you uh, had an excellent adventure last week, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, no trains, I don't think. The planes were less than stellar, although you did get one heck of a rental car. It took me way longer to get to Boston than I thought it would. It's supposed to be an hour and a half flight from Detroit to boston and it took me almost four days between cancellations tarmac delays added cancellations rebookings it was it was fun but i made it you know i think what we might want to do on this particular episode is get a dictionary out and the first word we should look up is fun because i'm not sure you understand what that word means i am positive i do not as the first flight out that i was on that actually got to boston I was in the back of the bus in the middle seat. And for those of you that know me, Mr. 6'8 guy in the back of the bus uh, in the middle seat doesn't really fit well. So when we sat for three hours in the tarmac, I may not have been the happiest person on the planet. Some travel tips for next time for you. First of all, wear different shoes because it's not 6'8, it's 5'8. It's the shoes. Not on a plane. It is not the shoes on a plane, brother. So it's just totally... Totally that six foot plus stuff. I, I gotcha. Um, and uh, I drew, drove, I drove, 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 drove. Words are hard. I am Drew. You drove. I, yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh, nicely played. So I drove, mm. which uh, turned me into Clint Eastwood on the way home. I don't get the reference. Wow. Do you, you don't remember Clint's last movie that he did? Driving a black Lincoln pickup truck. No, I didn't see that one. Oh, you didn't see it? It's uh, mm. it's named, and now the light's going to turn on. And for those of you that are watching us on our new YouTube t- channel, uh, pay attention to Drew's face when I say the name of this movie. It was called The Mule. There it is. That's right. So uh, as we've talked about on many, many episodes, Drew uh, does some home brewing and is a beer connoisseur. And I am not. I, I, I enjoy a beer. Yeah. 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 And Drew found out just how little of a connoisseur I am when we went to the Ore House in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and had, I mean, quite possibly the world's best scallop roll ever. Oh, my gosh. That, okay. I did not know a fried scallop roll was a thing till that day. And now that I know, I am questioning other life decisions that I've had because that was amazing. You know, as we were packing up for ice, I told you I was probably going to go to the ore house again. And um, I did actually go to the Albacore. I got a sticker for my rooftop carrier, but I did not spring the 11 bucks for the tour. And I drove by the ore house and it took everything I had to not stop because uh, it was just balls. We went for the lobster roll and it was the scallop roll that won us over. They also had a fried clam roll which is intriguing to me but i'm generally not a huge fan of clams but scallops when they're done right are amazing and those were like they melted like butter but we're probably making our listeners hungry 
and not really giving them any insight as to the rest of the trip that we were there. Do we want to change from food and beer and into more of ice? Do we want to? Probably not. Should we? Probably yes. So yeah, let's talk about uh, the two days of training we did with the amazing folks from uh, Fernando Steltzer's group, from Keith Bell's group, uh, from Fryer's group. They were amazing. And Lee, if you're listening, um, you should have been there because Keith Bell told me my shoe game was on point both days. It's true. I mean, you have a distinct advantage over me in that, that you can go and do something like matching your shirt to your shoes. I did that on day one because I wore a black polo with black shoes because the only shoes I can ever buy are black. Yeah, having a a size nine foot compared to a size, what'd you tell me, 13? Uh, If it's Adidas, it's like 17 and a half, yeah. Yeah, so nine makes uh, my choices typically a little bit more than yours. But, you know, enough about us, enough about our food, enough about the beer, enough about our traveling woes. Let's talk about ice and, and what the guys got out of it. What kind of feedback, if any, have you gotten from the after class when we did increasing the customer experience, or as we like to call it, ice. You know, Sam, um, I've heard some really good stuff. Uh, I had uh, Keith's director, Robert, reach out. I gave him my uh, prep report, and we've been uh, going back and forth on that. Nice. uh, To make sure that uh, the crew has the best tools available to them to handle the rush. For the listeners, we end the class with a three things you're going to, do once you leave and it's always cool when they come up and they still have to they still have to share it with you they've got to just explain what it is they're going to do because they're so psyched to get out not because they're bored but because they need to go do this now and that's for me is always the best feedback we can get yeah for me and i'll bet this is the same for you the easiest way for me to determine whether or not we have connected with the learners is how many people stay and for how long after that last bit of class. Absolutely. It's really cool to have the participants. Like I said, they, they want to leave because like class is done. On the flip side, they want to come up and they want to tell you what it is they're going to do when they go back. And, and for me, it's, I, I always tell folks it's the light bulb moment for me, right? When I, see, when I see the gears click in somebody's head and they go, oh, that's it. And in the last day and a half there was a lot of that and i say day and a half because there wasn't a lot in the beginning mainly because it was just the opening it was the introduction it was the high fives it was the how are you it was the folding of the name tents but once we got past that there are lots of light bulbs sam including your mps stuff that was really cool to see how everybody took to um to your mps section yeah i was really happy with that i want to back up just a little bit because you said once we got through that first part and you know when when we talked about you know, the importance of training in day two, we talked about the five steps to on-the-job training. And step one is is creating a positive atmosphere. And, you know, I think we probably spent 25 to 30 minutes on the opening before we got into the nuts and bolts. But that 25 to 30 minutes of the opening is where we're creating that positive atmosphere and we are opening folks' minds up to hopefully some new ideas so that they can let them in. And one of the things that we spent a lot of time on in those two days is the importance of getting your learners ready 
to accept new ideas and new information. And if we talk about that without actually doing it, I think we do our learners a disservice. Yeah, that's the classic do as I say, not as I do. Luckily, we didn't ascribe to that learning model. The intro of it is exactly that, right? We're, we're playing music as they're coming in. We're greeting all of them as they're entering. Uh, we do a little introductory exercise where they have to meet somebody they don't know and fill out that person's name tent. That way, like everybody's name tent isn't their handwriting, it's somebody else's. They've instantly made one more connection out of the class. Um, it's all, to your point, it's all about lowering defenses and making it a safe space. And the more comfortable you are, the more likely you are to learn something. It's not, it's not an attack on what you already know or how you already do it. It's an add to it. And if we can set it up that way and create that positive atmosphere, one, it's great for the learner. And two, when we get to that section of the class and we're talking about it, it allows us to, to pinpoint that and then go, oh, and yeah, light bulbs. Like I said, Sam, that first half hour when we're doing that, not a lot of light bulbs because they're just kind of doing it and they're lowering their fight or flight thinking, right? Because they're still in that mode anyway. And so they're all getting comfortable with the idea of being in a learning environment. And for most of us, we're not in a learning environment often. So it takes a little bit of time to get into that. And yeah, then it's, then it's game on. Let's go. I like what you just said. For most of us, we're not in a learning environment often. And as you were saying that, I'm thinking to myself, is that the case or is it the case that we actually are in a learning environment most of the time and we haven't done a great job of realizing it? I should be more specific and say a formal learning environment because we should be trying to pick up things all the time, but it's that formal classroom setting. Yes. There you go. Uh, just point of order. We were in New Hampshire, so you should be more Atlantic not Pacific. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, wow. I'm getting on a plane in a couple of days to go to the Pacific. I believe you're getting in a car to do the same or are you flying? I am not getting in a plane to go to the Pacific. No, oh, no I mean in a car. Yeah, I'm actually flying. Oh, well, look at you. Is the airport still where it always was? It's been a minute since I've been there. Okay. So for our listeners, I apologize for the next 30 seconds, but oh my gosh, Sam, the parking deck where you park for Delta is like full all the time now. I've been parking on nine and 10 and I never park on nine and 10. It's been full all the time. Oh, well, I guess the good news for me is I'm traveling on one of the busiest weekends so that. Totally empty. You'll be fine. Yeah. All right, so back to ice. Back to ice. So, <laughs> you know, you talked about the NPS and CSAT piece that we did. And for me, I think one of the things that you and I offer uh, that is really good is that we have a luxury that franchisees and directors and supervisors don't have. And that is when we're in, and when we're fortunate enough to be in a room, the only thing on our plate is the curriculum that we're going to deliver. And, and, and we've had, we've had the experiences over, you know, 70 combined years. And yes, I'm the bulk of that is to, to understand that, you know, one, we've both got these catchy acronyms. Now I've got TDK, WTDK, and you've got WD, WBW. We've got to understand that they don't know what they don't know when it comes to these TLAs and when it comes to these FLAs and when it comes to these years as a, also an FLA, a five letter acronym. And we've got to make sure they understand what it is. So people are talking about CSAT and NPS all the time. And it's always a little bit eye opening to me that 
people don't know what those acronyms mean. So I think people start to really open their minds to how to read those numbers when we tell them what those letters mean. And when you, when you talk about NPS, Net Promoter Score, you know, we do our own little version of NPS, Net Promoter Score, at the end of our classes. And I just happen to have the feedback open in front of me. And, you know, it's just amazing to me that the things that people write and it, it just, it gives me warm and fuzzies to know that we're connecting. And from the looks of this, I think we both did a pretty reasonable job of connecting with the 30 folks we had in the classroom for two days. That's awesome. You know, I've adjusted my uh, end of class survey. I follow Adam Grant's now. So I do the full net promoter scale of one to 10. How would you score this? And then the follow-up question is, what can I do to be a 10 next time? I like that. Maybe we should go that, go that way with ice. I'm running an 85 NPS right now, year to date. 85 is pretty good, isn't it? I mean, according to comparably zero to 25 is good. 26 to 50 is great. And anything of 51 or over is excellent. And I'm pushing higher than that. So I'll take that all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to know more about NPS and CSAT, I mean, you could mark your calendars now for Wednesday, August 30th and Thursday, August 31st and be in our great state for the next edition of Ice Ice Baby. So Sam, there are going to be some folks who are in Michigan that listen to this and be like, I will happily drive to Ann Arbor and join you guys for ice. So Sam, we've got clients in Boston, Seattle, Tampa, Midland, Texas. Probably not going to want to fly into Ann Arbor for two days. Is there another way that they could say, get ice training? You know, I'm so glad you asked because as a matter of fact, they will soon, probably not at the time of, uh, of listening to this podcast, unless you're listening to it weeks after it dropped, you could go with, to trainwithbty.com and uh, figure out when we're going to do a web version of ICE. And my guess is regardless of where you are in the entire world, your interweb We'll hook up with our interweb and then you could see our bright smiling faces on your screen and get all the information you want. That's just crazy talk. Us actually like displaying this telephonically over the interwebs and the Googlers. Now I would think Sam that if a client of yours was like, Hey, I want ice, but I can't make Ann Arbor. You would just say, let's go sign me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would send them to the interweb or I might offer them a early winter vacation in, say, Florida, say, October 10th and 11th. Okay, so so just so I understand, if if I want to attend ICE, I could go to Ann Arbor in August. I could go to Orlando in October or I could purchase the online content. And just for the listeners who are like, oh my God, I don't want to sit in front of my computer for two days. We do about hour and a half bits of the class. So you won't be sitting for two days. It'll be hour and a half a break. There's a lunch in there. So it's not like you're going to be seven hours in front of a monitor. We could probably figure something out for you to make this happen. You should attend ICE. We already mentioned net promoter score. What's the next section of ICE, Sam? 
uh, after net promoter score, we did, um, oh, I see what you're doing here. You want me to swear on the pod. That's not going to happen, mister. We do holy bleep service. Holy bleep service. I know I taught this one, but I kind of liked it just because I know no matter how big the class, they're going to have more years of experience than you and I. So this one was a completely participant driven activity. And oh my gosh, how many solutions did they have to run better service, Sam? Uh, I think it was 18 measurable, definable solutions to run better service. I got to look over my pictures because I think we're north of 60 different things they could do to run better service. It was pretty amazing. And when you said how many solutions did they come up with? One million. So, um, you know, they did a great job. And, and the way you put that activity together for the participants, I, I think it's really important to know if you're thinking about coming to a live session of Drew and Sam Talk training all about ice, you need to understand that this is not your daddy's training session. This is highly interactive. We do everything we can because we understand that the worst thing you can ask operators to do is come to a hotel and sit in a classroom and sit on their rear end and get death by lecture. And that's not going to happen to you when you come to ICE. It's going to be highly interactive. It's going to be stuff you're, you're going to want to know. And, and for me, the main goal of ICE is what can we do to make the general manager's job easier and more fun? And I think we give them a lot of ways to do that because Drew, isn't the job easier and more fun if you're delivering holy crap service and you're making perfect product and you understand the metrics that we're talking about? That's just it. Once you know what it is you're trying to do and you can do the things you need to do to execute it, life becomes less stressful. That's all this class is about. If you improve the customer experience, you improve the team member experience because you have to, because your team knows what their role is, knows how to do it and can execute, whether it's holy bleep service or perfect product or assessment and communication or performance coaching. And, and then the end to take it all together and make sure that the team members and the participants, I should say, leave with some actionable items that they have to go here's the three things I'm going to do. And here's the first step I'm going to do when I leave here means that if you're, you're the person right now listening and you're being asked to cut a check for this, it gives you the tools to follow up. It gives you the ability to hold your team accountable to what they say they're going to do, which is the whole point of any of these events. It's not just, I mean, it is fun and it's great to get out of the store and it's great to see other points of view, but now how are you going to take it and use it and improve your location, your team and we give them the tools to do that. I think the other thing that's important to mention, and, and this, is, this is some of my nervousness before we do any kind of training. I'm always hoping that I'm going to add value to the participants in the room. And as we went to New Hampshire, you know, for those of you that are on the Spacebook, on those interwebs, and maybe on the general manager's best practice, you know, Lee Pryor is... is just knocking it out of the park in Maine. And he's, he's super proud and he should be of the accomplishments they're getting up there. And I, I think maybe 90 days ago or 60 or 30 or heck, I don't know. But anyway, he was posting his time all blends together. It sure does. He was posting his OA results and he had already committed to sending a number of people to ice. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, my goodness gracious, these folks are knocking it out of the park in OA. 
I wonder if we're going to be able to add any value to them. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we did a pretty good job of adding value to, to people that had been with the brand for a couple of months, to people that had been with the brand for a couple of decades and everywhere in between. There's something in these two days for everyone. And I think that everybody that left, left feeling pretty good about the time they spent with us. I heard that they thought the pin you get at the completion is the coolest pin they'd ever seen. Which I take as high praise. Well, and as you should, because you designed that sucker. I mean, it is, it is a darn good looking pin. It might be on its own worth the price of admission. That's how cool that pin is. It is a pretty cool pin. I don't know if I'd pay the price of admission just for the pin, but I'd probably come close. Yeah, I got you there. Oh, I, I totally would. If you're listening right now, that's the, the pin is worth it. You don't even need to listen to us just just to get the pin. I mean, they're going to be on eBay for thousands of dollars. All right. So listeners, before we let you go, here's what you do. If you're a client of mine or a client of Sam's and you want to attend Ann Arbor or Orlando or the webinar, just email us. You have our emails. They're in the uh, description for the episode. Just email us and we'll hook you up. In the event you're listening and you're like, I don't like email or talk to people. I just want to click and pay. That's cool. You can go to trainwithbty.com, scroll down to whichever one you want to do, choose how many participants and do it that way. So email us, go to the website. If you send a carrier pigeon or you call 1-800-DREW-AND-SAM-TALK-TRAINING, uh, those probably won't let you register for the event. So email either one of us or go to the website. I do have early bird and group discounts set up on the website. So as long as you qualify for either of those, you will automatically get those discounts. If you email us, we will occasionally tell you, you get no discount. No, I'm kidding. You'll get the same discounts if you email us. So feel free to email either of us or go to trainwithbty.com. And I guess we'll either see you in August, see your responses online in August, or see you in October. Yeah, there's just simply no reason if you're in the area not to get your teams to this training. They're going to be better for it. You're going to get a return on your investment and your managers are going to start having more fun at their job and their job's going to become easier for them. So, uh, so just do it. With that, let's dock this boat. Let's land this pterodactyl. I did see 65 on the plane. This the Adam Driver, where they land on Earth 65 million years ago. Oh, nice. Was it good? Not not a great movie. Not a great movie. Okay, good. Yeah. I will not be watching that on the plane today on my way to San Francisco. Yeah, the only good news is it's only like an hour and a half. Mm, that doesn't even really short. take a third of the flight. No, it doesn't. That's, that's worth it. This has been another fabulous episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. Hey, gang, uh, make sure you're sharing these with your friends. Uh, if you share them on your socials, we would be super appreciative of that. If you send us a screenshot that says you have subscribed, we will send you a Drew and Sam talk training pin. And uh, just a little a little heads up on an upcoming episode. We're going to be doing an amazing book and speaking with the author. And that's all I'm going to tell you right now. That's what's known as a 
cliffhanger. Or a tease in the industry. Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, go out, sell more pizza. And have more fun. <laughs>